welcome to episode two. That's right, episode two of Model Railroad Talk. I am your host, the Bandit, otherwise known as Gary. In this episode, we will talk a little bit about DCC and um, DC and what um, advantages and disadvantages are for each. Um, By no means will this be an in-depth how-to, but just kind of chit-chat about that, and I'm sure other stuff will come up, and um, and, uh, yeah, so let's get started. Um, with our uh, um, sponsor of this episode of the podcast. Easy Model Trains is your one-stop model railroad-only shop. They are an authorized Digitrax and KD dealer. You can visit them at www.easymodeltrains.com or you can email them at sales at easymodeltrains.com. All right, so DC or DCC, that is the question. Um, what do you guys use? What do you think? You can email us at, at uh, easymodeltrains.email. Or blah, I can't talk today. Um, you can email us <laughs> with, your, uh, with what you use and what system you use if it's DCC. You can email us at easymodeltrains at gmail.com. That's a lot easier. Or, um, and I'm still figuring out this new podcast thing, so, um, and this format and stuff. So, if you can comment or whatever on this uh, platform or whatever, please do so. Reach out to us, whatever. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So, for those that may be new to model railroading, and, um, I'm sure you, even if you're new or even just, before new, we'll call it, um, and you've been looking at getting into it, I'm sure you've seen DCC, Digital Command Control, and then you've seen Analog or DC, whatever. What's the difference, most people say? Easiest way to put it is take a piece of three foot or whatever length of flex track, doesn't matter what scale you're in, a piece of track, it's all connected together. DC, you put two locomotives on there and say one facing forward and one facing backwards. You turn your DC controller, or yeah, your DC controller to forward position, we'll just say, and you crank that throttle up. Both locomotives are going to go the same direction, doesn't matter which way they're going, um, based on how far you, how much power basically you put to the track, which is what DC is. The more you turn that, the more power it sends. It basically sends power in one track and out the other is the return and voila, you've got uh, power. The trains are moving. DCC, or otherwise known as digital command control, um, is different. Um, For starters, both rails are powered. You have uh, you run a bus wire, or I should say not a bus wire, you you run two bus wires, um, you have an A track and a B track. And basically, that 
track is live all the time. So going back to like, say, DC, if you have the controller in the off position or back at zero, you could put a quarter or piece of metal across the track and nothing will happen happen as long as your controller's working properly. You'll have no spark or anything like that. However, with DCC, as soon as you turn the track power on, um, which I use Digitrack, so as soon as I grab my throttle, hit the button, and hit track power on, that track is live, whether trains are moving or not. I put, say, a quarter, we, and DCC, we use a quarter to test for shorts or, you know, sections and stuff. Um, it will short it out, and then the circuit breaker, and then it'll, you'll have to remove the quarter or the short, and then it'll reset itself. So those of you that don't know, you're probably asking, well, doesn't, don't the trains just go flying, you know, around the track until you shut the power off? Nope. Um, basically that power is, or the, those, those track and that power flowing through those rails are, it's basically a carrier. It carries a signal to that locomotive, goes up through the wheels or whatever, whatever the pickup may be off that rail, depending on what locomotive, you know, I know some, um, older, different locomotives have actual pickup springs or tabs that run on the rails. And that, A, yes, it picks up the power there, which gives the motor power to be able to run, but it also picks up that signal through that power and it goes into what's called a decoder. The locomotive has to have a decoder in it to be able to trans, or what do you want to not trans, uh, com compute, whatever you want to call it, receive and understand those signals. If it is not getting the proper code, which you program your locomotives to, like most people program them to what the road number is. So as an example, I've got one of my um, Santa Fe FP45s, it's road number 92. Um, so if I put plug in 92 into my throttle and I've got my other one, uh, 5944 sitting on the track, not moving, I plug in 92 and I turn the throttle only 92 will move because that decoder is getting the proper signal. I don't, I don't ask me, I don't understand the fine process of exactly how and what's in the signal and bits and bytes. I'm, I'm not that techie, but, um, and then that in turn, that decoder, you know, um, with based on what you are telling that locomotive to do with your throttle takes that power that it's picking up from the rails along with getting the signal through it. It sends the power to the motor, the lights, sound, whatever you may have in there. Now, what does all this mean? You have, um, you know, locomotives and decoders. What, what's the difference you might ask? Well, DC, like we said, you put two or three locomotives on the track and you turn on they will run same direction for argument's sake, the same speed. Uh, and we all know that same speed, Not it probably won't because even with DCC, you have to adjust to make locomotives run the same speed. But for argument's sake, same speed without doing a lot of complicated wiring and putting switches in. So basically for DC, in order to have cab 
kind of like cab control, you would have to section off certain sections of rail and put switches in them. And, and as you're operating, turn switches and shut them off and turn them and turn, you know, flip the switch, you know, as you're running to make multiple locomotives on the same track do, in a sense, different things. Um, DCC was created to take that away. So you're not focused on throwing switches and everything else to make the train separate trains move. You can focus on that train and not have to worry about anybody else um, their trains, you know, running the messing up or doing whatever you are doing or them controlling yours. Um, now they can there again, um, for at this point in time, what we're talking, um, it's basically gives you independent train control, which for most people they like because it's more realistic. Um, you can, what they call consist, um, locomotives together. Now, mind you, uh, with DCC, um, now mind you, you have to make sure your locomotives are all running, you know, so if you have your, if you're running 128 step, which we'll get into more than likely in another episode of DCC, but, um, say you're running 128 step and you have your locomotive throttle set at 25 and on, on locomotive one and your locomotive two is set at 25 but one's catching the other you have to go in and adjust speed steps which it's not that difficult especially nowadays if you can hook a computer up to your dcc system you can go in and speed match and then once you get them as close as you possibly can speed match you can actually connect the locomotives together like the real ones do um what they call mu mu wing uh, multiple unit put them in a consist to where like let's say you have four locomotives all in a consist and instead of having to have you know four different throttles to control all four of them you can use one with one address that's um that's another advantage of digital command control um not to mention all the other accessories you can do um grade crossings uh switch machines um lighting sound um there's so many advantages in my opinion there again this is my opinion um to going dcc that the dc world i think is it's still got its place especially for uh older generations of model railroaders um and i think that's for one or several or or multiple it could be one one reason or multiple reasons but I think, A, you know, let's face it, that's what they grew up with. They didn't have this DCC. Um, I know through my my uh, my company, my model train shop, I get a lot of older people that email me and they've been DCC all their life. They like what DC uh, Digital Command Control, you know, has to offer and stuff, but they just don't know where to start. And, you know, there's there's so many ways you can convert um, but, you know, I guess I'm focusing more on now for uh, new people or people getting into the hobby because converting from a DC system uh, to a digital command control system, especially it, it can be, I want to say difficult, but it can be um, a little time consuming 
And as and and the bigger your layout is, the the bigger your roster or locomotive roster and what have you is, much more time consuming, expensive, um, and just tedious depending on how intricate you want to go. Um, that's where the positive side of DC is. If you have a small layout, and I know we we talked about it. Um, um, a little bit uh, in the first episode about new to the model railroading. You know, if you're one of these people that, you know what, you go out and buy a train set, you and your your chill child are going to set it up, you know, at just on the weekends and run it and, you know, on the tabletop or a ten, uh, ten, uh, what do you call it, a table tennis, um, ping pong table, that's what I'm looking for, you know, on the weekends, you're going to tear it down, and all you're going to do is run trains around it. Even if you have a siding or two, or even if you have a couple locomotives that you're going to want to run, um, DC might be the way to go, um, just because of the simplicity of it. You know, especially with the Easy Track, you set it up. You know, if if you're a weekend, we'll just for argument's sake, no, no. Um, negative meant by this when i say this but if you're a weekend warrior and that's it you set it up on friday and you tear it down sunday night or whatever you know you basically set your track up especially if you're using the easy track whether it's bachman or 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 kato or you know um set up your track plug it in hook it up to your power pack put your trains on and you can go you can do that with dcc digital command control if you have everything set up however decoders you're introducing decoders you're introducing the digital command control system that um compared to a dc a standard dc system has a lot more electronics in it that are going to make it a a little more um sensitive a little more there that could go wrong you know with the the circuit boards and stuff like that um i know a lot of manufacturers of the dcc digital command control coder decoders um they made their decoders to be relatively tough because let's face it they know they're going to be in a locomotive they know they're going to be up against the motor that'll get hot if it's especially if it's continuous running and um yeah so they uh you know, but, you know, if, you, if you're if you just going to be setting it up or even setting it up for, say, Christmas and that's it, once a year thing, I, I'll be completely honest with you. My personal opinion, don't waste your money on digital command control unless your, syst- unless your setup came that with digital command control. Don't waste your money on it. Um, now, if you are a modeler getting into this and you're starting somewhere small, you know, you're starting out small, and that's how you're starting out was a simple oval or oval with siding or whatever and a simple starter set, and you know down the road or as time goes on, you're going to expand. And a person like that, I would suggest maybe starting with a basic digital command control system. Um, I'm going to keep, I'm going to refer, like I state, uh, to Digitrax, like I stated in um, the first episode, you know, I personally started out with Digitrax years ago when I got back into model railroading here recently. I, uh, um, you know, I 
decided to go with Digitrax because I like Digitrax. There's NCE out there. There's MRC. I know Bachman has their own. Atlas has their own system. Whatever fits whatever it is you're doing, it doesn't matter. But um, for this podcast right now, we I, I'm going to use Digitrax as an example. So for those of you starting out that know that down the road, you are going to want a bigger layout and more locomotives and be able to run multiple trains on the same track without complicated wiring. Digitrax has the Zephyr Express system. You can start out. Um, it, it's fully capable of expanding. Um, you could run, honestly, you could probably run depending on the size of your railroad, but on a typical four by eight, or let's say you have two sheets of four by eight and an L or whatever, the track you could fit on there, a Zephyr system would probably be more than enough power. Um, as long as, you know, now if you get into locomotives that have sound, um, you know, especially steam locomotives, cause their motors require more power. You may only be able to run a couple steam locomotives off that basic Zephyr starter system because it draws so much power each locomotive does but if let's say you're just running let's say you're just running diesels and um and no sound you just you're running you could probably off that system on uh, you know for starting out run anywhere from five to six locomotives easily at the same time and have plenty of power to run those and not you know, burn out a decoder or anything like that. Because believe it or not, you can mess up a decoder and burn it out, not physically burn it out, but burn out the electri elect uh, circuitry, we'll call it. Um, I guess we won't call that. That is what it is, circuitry, by underpowering it because it's designed to accept so much power. Um, but anyways, um, so, you know, their, their Zephyr system is a good starter system. And it's expandable, so you can put um, utility panels, you know, UT7 in multiple locations if you ever wanted to, say, not just sit in one plus place because it, it the Zephyr system is its own throttle and everything built in. Now, you can add throttles to it, walk around throttles, and then that's where you can put in the utility panels, which most places you can get those for $25 to $30. You know, so if you have a four by eight sheet, you put your starters, you know, the Zephyr system in one corner, you can put a, a UT7 um, or a, a util, UP7, I believe it is. I'm sorry, U, U, utility panel um, on the opposite corner. And you could start your train to start running around your loop or whatever you got set up, unplug and walk around to the other side and plug in and take back control of that. Um a lot of the DCC systems are set up, their basic starter sets are set up to be able to expand into that. Um, the Zephyr system, you can buy boosters to add on. So if you get, you know, more sound um, locomotives or you add on to your railroad, instead of going through the process of selling your Zephyr and this and that, and, but yet you don't want to buy a full starter, uh, full bigger system, you know, like, uh, you know, that, that costs anywhere from 400 to $600, $700. Um, you can add a booster to that, which would give you the more power, give you more power that you need to run your stuff. But the good news is if you ever got to the point where you needed to get into the bigger system that, and, and say you want to get rid of that starter Zephyr set, 
you can get rid of the, Zar uh, the Zephyr set, and that booster will work in turn with as a booster for your bigger set. So, like I said, majority of the DCC manufacturers do this. They make it easy to expand, add. Um, plus, there's a lot of accessories out there that you can add that that are not made by the ma big name manufacturers that make these systems. Um, you can get circuit breakers. Um, so if if um, a section, you, you know, you can separate out sections of track. So um, which is highly recommended. So if you know, say some, say you have two people running trains working a, a yard at one end, and you're working a yard at the other end, and they derail and trip it. Well, if you have it all set up on one, it will shut down the whole railroad until that that short is taken away. But you can break it down into um, zones and sections, put in circuit breakers to where if your friend at the other at, is working the yard at the other end and they, you know, they jump a switch or turnout or something or point and uh, they short it out, their section shorts out until they remove that short and you can still keep running. So um, there's lots of accessories that you can do with um, digital command control. Now, on the flip side of that, though, if you start out with a standard DC system, and no way am I telling you to throw away your um, throw away your DC power pack, because you can use your DC power pack if you upgrade and you go to digital command control, which whatever system you choose, um, you can use that DC power pack to say down the road, say you put some lights in a building. And you want to power those. Say you decide you want to go with powered switch machines and um, like a slow motion switch machine. Um, uh, Tortoise, as an example. Um, I know when I build, when I start building my track on my new railroad here, I am going to plan on putting at least off the main line Tortoise switch machines in. So people aren't reaching onto the track. But then someday I can have operating sessions where I have a dispatcher. Yes, they'll be sitting in front of a computer, but the dispatcher can keep a person from not going onto the main until they are dispatched to go onto the main. And you can use, you will have to have a 12 volt supply of power going to that controller, um, which does not come from the switch or the DCC system. So you can use your old power pack to power that. So, there's advantages to both. There's disadvantages to both. The biggest disadvantage to digital command control is the expense. Um, I know from um, being a Digitrax dealer for my business that, um, you know, like that Zephyr starter system, you know, it retails for $245. Um, you can find it online for anywhere from a hundred and you know roughly about 190 to 200 dollars a lot of some places are selling it then you have you know but then you get up into the evolution express um advanced system which is their big system you know that retails for 470 dollars most people you can find it most places you can find it for around 400 dollars 
Um, then their their uh, their what they call their big big system. It's their duplex starter set. It's basically the same as the advanced. It's just um, it comes with a little more stuff. Plus, it comes with uh, the UR ninety three, which is uh, a, basically a radio receiver, so you can go wireless. Plus, it comes with the a wireless uh, the UT. I'm sorry, not UT. The UP. Uh, Oh, uh, I should know this. I should really know this, and I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry, the DT, not UT. The DT6602D, you know, that's a duplex throttle. So it works with that UR93, so you can turn the track, the power on and off and everything without ever plugging in. You can you literally are a walk around. So, I mean... And that one, that big set retails for $655. So that's a lot. Now, on the flip side of it, though, you know, let's just say you're starting out your HO scale. You you want to add DCC to a locomotive. You just basically want the headlight, the rear light. That's it. No sound, no special lighting. You know, you can now decoders, you know, decoders you can get into for, you know, retail price, you know, 23 bucks you know, 20 to $23 for a simple, um, you know, one and a half amp decoder, which is more than enough for like, say an Atherin blue box locomotive. Um, you know, it gives you basically two functions, which is your headlight and your, uh, your, ba uh, tail light, we'll call it for argument's sake. You know, now granted you start getting up into the ones with more functions, you're, you know, you're adding price. Um, and, you know, you have the drop-in ones that that are, you know, those range from, I mean, you're basically, without going sound, you're 23, and these are retail numbers, um, $23 to $70, just depending, for a decoder. So that's not that bad, but there again, it all depends on your scale and what you're wanting to do. Um, now, you start getting into the sound, well, that's a little bit uh, different um, story. You know, like an example, an HO scale uh, <clears throat> standard um, DCC decoder, um, you know, you could get into for, you know, $58, $60, um, depending on what your um what you're doing with it you know um now some decoders will come with your speaker and everything you need just plug in and go others you got to buy the speaker so cost will vary um so that's where the biggest expense is i mean is the starter system and then you get you know once you get that starter system that's your initial cost that can uh tend to maybe scare people away um from dcc um is because like oh geez even the zephyr starter system even if, you know even if you can find a retailer that's selling it for you know under msrp you know you know 180 190 dollars um you're still spending that and that's just for the system you know if you don't have a a, a locomotive that has a decoder in it now mind you you can run non-decoder equipped locomotives on a dcc system um you more than likely will get a buzz 
uh, or a, a howl out of it, which it doesn't hurt it as long as you're not leaving that train that or that locomotive sit on the tracks not moving. If it's moving, it's not going to hurt it. But if, if you have it sitting too long on that, all that power and basically it's going in and not going anywhere, yeah, it can hurt your motor on your locomotive. So, but you still have that option. So let's say you have two locomotives, one DC and one D, non-DCC, you know, one that has a decoder, one doesn't, and you buy the Zephyr starter system, you can run them both together and you can even consist them together together. Um, like we like we talked about earlier, but um, you can't just stop for very long with that um, locomotive that doesn't have a decoder. Um, but like I just went through, oh, I apologize, I did it again. Forgot to turn my volume off, people. Um, but hey, at least it's a right sounding uh, notification, right? Um, but you know, you like like I was going through price, you know, price list of those, and those prices I was giving you were Digitrack prices, MSRPs and stuff. But, um, you know, you can get into, you know, I like, I'm selling like the DH126, uh, which is basically, like I said, a two function HO scale, one and a half amp decoder, hardwired, uh, which isn't, it, once you understand the concept of them, they're a lot easier than what people make them out to be. But, you know, run your headlight tail light and you can you know for 20 bucks you know that doesn't include installation if you don't feel you can install it um you know that's something my my company my model railroad business you know i am eventually going to be offering is decoder installation but right now i gotta i'm still in the setting up process as far as um getting things rolling and and i mean things are rolling but still getting set up with distributors and stuff so it's not something that i'm ready to offer right now because i want to make sure i've got the time and the ability to dedicate to offering that for my customers but um but you know i mean digitrax and i know a lot of the other decoder manufacturers they make drop-in decoders for n scale and um, z scale and ho and o that you know, you open up, uh, say, a Cato locomotive, you remove that circuit board that's in there, that the DC circuit board. You basically drop this decoder setup circuit, uh, you know, say Digitrax or NCE or whatever, you drop their decoder in there, hook up a few wires, and guess what? You've got a DCC running locomotive. Now, mind you that you're going to pay a little more for that kind of decoder, but when it boils down to it, you know, I mean, $20 for say a basic decoder, but you're going to probably be spending, you know, 30 to $40 for the install of that. So if there's, if the, the locomotive you're wanting to put DCC in has a decoder dedicated to it, it might be cheaper for you to just get the drop in decoder and do it yourself because there's a, a barrage of videos on how to do it. Plus, all the manufacturers have good literature on explaining how to do it. And most of them have videos explaining how to install them. So, but uh, anyways, but I've been rambling on about DC and digital command control for quite a while now. Um, so I'm going to throw this back to you guys. What, what are your thoughts on DC and DC digital command control? What, you know, what do you, you use? Um, what's your favorite brand? Um, you know, as an example, I'm sure you figured out. I, I 
personally like Digitrax. I like Digitrax for uh, my control system and everything. I like Digitrax for their decoders. Um, now, mind you, on the flip side of that, I also like Soundtracks for their sound decoders. Um, I have yet, I'll be honest, I have yet to try out uh, Digitrax brand sound decoders, which when I make place my next order for my business, I'm going to make sure I order a couple sound decoders in so I can get my hands on them. But, um, but yeah, what, what do you like to use? What, what's your system? Is it DC or is it digital command control? Um, do you like one or the other? Do you wish you would, uh, do you wish you were using the opposite? Um, you know, email us easy model trains at gmail.com. Um, like we stated in the first episode, you know, we will not sell your information. We will not, um, give out publicly give out any of your information without your consent so you know we might say hey you know john p or whatever from anywhere usa um wrote us this if you don't want us to use your name or only your first name or you don't want us to put where you're from just put that in your email or your correspondence we won't um but we want to know what do you think what do you what are your thoughts on you know, um, analog or digital command control. Um, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We'll, you know, we will give you the most, probably one of the most unbiased answers to your question that we can, um, of anybody out there. Cause you know, um, I'm not, frankly, I'm not into the, I'm not doing these podcasts to promote my business or anything like that. Yeah. My business is a sponsor, but <clears throat> But, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I believe more about customer service as far as my business um, motto and, and my way I do business. You know, if somebody gets a hold of me and is like, hey, I got an NCE system I need help with. But, you know, you know what? I'm still going to help them because they're a customer um, just by asking. So, um, so yeah, let us know what you think and um, and by, give us ideas for um, more episodes. Um, I'm actually recording this episode the same day that I did the, my very first episode, but I won't be putting this one out for probably um, at least a few more days. Um, I'm, I haven't decided what my timeline will be or what my timeline will be allowed to be um, on being able to do these, um, being able to record a decent um, length um, podcast, but um so I got to figure some of that out. So by the time you hear this, it'll it'll probably be at least three to four days later than uh, when I recorded it. Um, so that way, if I ever need to go back and add anything, I can. So, But I want to thank you all for listening and um, look forward to your feedback. And um, um, we'll go from there. You all be safe and happy modeling. Join the Model Railroad Revolution. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter. By becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the Model Railroad Revolution. Go on over to patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com forward slash model railroad talk 
to become a premium member today.